0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. And I am so excited. Open your Bible with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. As we begin a series on the life of David... Titled Pursue and David is um, he's one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and I believe that David is a, a unique man of God because he's the most new testament like uh, he's the most new testament like character in the Old Testament. and what I mean by that is that even though David Uh, uh, lived his life before Jesus came and everything that Jesus provided for us, the new covenant, before all of that took place, David uh, uh, came to the world and it's almost like he could understand things that Jesus was going to provide and and he's a very special man. And when you you hear uh, uh, the title pursue, it's because we named it pursue... Because the first time you hear about David mentioned in the Bible, it's actually in First Samuel chapter 13. First Samuel 13 says this, and he was referring to David, and interestingly enough, he mentions David without even mentioning his name. He actually mentions the he mentions the character of his heart. And here's what the Bible says: it says, the Lord has sought out. A man after his own heart. The Lord went looking for a man, everyone, after his own heart. So God went looking for someone who was looking for him. You see, and that's what this series is all about. God went looking for someone, and who was God looking for? Was God looking for someone perfect? Was God looking for someone who had everything together? No. What God was looking for was someone who was looking for Him, who was going after Him, who was pursuing Him. And so, and so, uh, uh, David was a uh, was was. Considered special to God because his heart was always going after God. And that, to me, that's such an amazing thing. And this whole series is going to be about how to be a pursuer of God. When we pursue God, it makes us irresistible to Him. It's almost like God can't turn away someone who sincerely seeks Him. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, He just can't turn a person a way that goes after him. And because it's our introductory service, um, there are a couple of things that I need to explain before we get to the, to the main text. So David was like a man of the earth. He was a man of the world. David was a hunter. David was a shepherd. David was a musician. Uh, um, David was just a regular guy. David was a guy's guy. But the thing about David is that even though he was like a man of the world, a man of the earth, he also had something that made him special. David had an ability to, while he was here in his everyday life, David had an ability to perceive the spiritual kingdom of God. And because he could perceive the kingdom of God, it just changed everything about him. What I mean by that, for example, is that, you know, David was a, a young man. He's probably 16 or 17. Uh, we're going to read a story uh, about him. The first kind of, uh, when, we, when the Bible actually brings us into his life, we'll read that today. Um, but and, and where he's going to be is actually tending sheep. So when David was given the assignment as a 16-year-old of tending the sheep the average 16-year-old might say man why do i have to be out here tending the sheep why do i get this crummy chore you know but david was different david looked at those sheep and and because of his ability to perceive the kingdom of god david looked at the sheep and probably said something like this wow i'm their shepherd i'm here to to look after these sheep. And you know what? I'm looking around. There's no one here but somehow I know in my heart I have for, I have a shepherd too. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, you ever wonder how Psalm 23 was born? It's probably born while David was out there and he's looking at the sheep and he's saying, "I'm taking care of them." And guess what? God is taking care of me. How many are thankful that the Lord is our shepherd? But see, what that means is that we need to have spiritualized. We need to perceive things that the average person doesn't perceive. So David, for example, might look at a wolf. He's out there with him. He might look at a wolf or he even talks later on. You'll see about a lion or a bear. And when David sees those animals coming after his flock, David said, no, I got to be a good shepherd for God. This is a, a God assignment. And, um, and you know what? I know that God... Uh, uh, I should protect them because I know God protects me and I'm going to stand I'm going to be courageous I'm going to go after those things because I know God is with me and this is what I'm supposed to do this will be pleasing to God just by me watching over this sheep will please God maybe that's why he wrote surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I'm not going to fear any evil for the Lord is with me You see, David was looking at things differently. He perceived things differently. David was a musician, you know, and evidently a very gifted musician. How gifted, he wrote the bulk of the Psalms. The book of Psalms, those were songs that were written. David wrote the majority of the Psalms. He was an exceptional musician. Next week you'll see even how he was special, he was an anointed musician. But when David thought about music, he didn't think that music was for personal entertainment or music wasn't an, an opportunity to kind of just show off his gift for personal gain. He wasn't interested in becoming Prince or Michael Jackson or whoever. You know, whoever is out there right now, he wasn't interested in that. He looked at music and he thought about music in spiritual terms. He says, Music, this gift God has given me is so that I could glorify him. You see? And so I'm not gonna sing songs, but I'm gonna sing songs that bring glory to Jesus because I wanna please him. You see, David perceived things differently. Other guys had harps. Other guys had, had instruments. But even though, you know, other guys had sheep, but David perceived things in a very different way. Here's one more, and then we'll move on. But these introductory comments are very important. So I want you to think about this. I want you to think about David out in the field and David looking at a tree and the tree having fruit on it. And David said, man, I'm going to go get some fruit and eating. And David looking at a tree and say, man, it's good. I'm glad this is here because I get to eat trees. Nature provides for us through these trees. It's amazing. But when David looked at that tree, he was like, wow, this is more than God's provision. You see, he was looking at that and he was praying and he was saying, God, what do you want to show me? You want to show me something even from a tree? And then he wrote the first psalm, which is a song. You know, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. That man is everyone like a tree. Like a tree planted by streams of water. Bearing fruit in season whose leaf does not wither. And whatever he does prosperous. It was David who got that amazing anointed sentence, that man is like a tree. You know why? Because when David looked at a tree, he didn't just see a tree. David always saw the kingdom of God. You see? So David perceived things differently. Look at what uh, 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 G.K. Chesterton said about this particular issue. He said, Christianity preaches the infinite worth Of that which is seemingly worthless. And the infinite worthlessness of that which is seemingly so valued. Okay? Now, we need to pause here. This, to a certain degree, is what this whole message is about. Because Christianity is about the fact that there are certain things that have infinite value and worth... And the average person might look at your life today. The average person might right now say, what in the world are you doing? At our church, we encourage people to worship one, serve one. So hopefully you served last service and you're worshiping this service. Amen. Everybody say amen. All right, let's go. Yeah, all right. That's the way it should be. Worship one, serve one. Because while while our kids are being served and while someone helped you get to the your parking space, then, you know, then we should in turn help someone else to get their parking. Thank you for, amen, let's have an amen. Amen. Right, so we encourage people, worship one, serve one. So if someone actually spent two services here on a Sunday, right, your neighbor might say, what in the world is wrong with you? After working all week, Sunday is my day. That's my time. I was killing myself this past week. What in the world are you doing going to church? Why are you going into that building, spending all of your energy? Why don't you get your rest? But that's what a person who doesn't perceive the kingdoms, that's what they say. You see, but the Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. How many are happy to be in the Lord's house? Why are you here? It's spiritual perception. You see, it's seeing things that other people don't see. It's perceiving things. Now, um, what makes What makes David special is that David's perceptions led to his pursuits. Okay. What I want to suggest today is that your perceptions lead to your pursuits. Okay. Now, as I was praying about this and meditating on this, I thought to myself, what is the best example? Because this is not easy. Today's message is this is a spiritual message. We're talking about spiritual things. But I want to give you an earthly example so that you can equate it to the spiritual realm. So, for example, how many people here have an, have an iPhone? Just curious. Any? Raise your hand nice and high. Okay, lots of iPhones here. If you don't have an Android or whatever galaxy, no offense. Just an illustration. First service, I said iPhone. I forgot to mention Galaxy. I think one of the guys in the back, my mic wasn't working all of a sudden. I said, I'm sorry. Okay? But here's here's what I want you to think about. I want you to imagine Steve Jobs as a kid because here's the way to go. I read his biography. Here's the way the story goes. Steve Jobs was a young man and his father, Steve Jobs was adopted and his father was into electronics and actually taught him about electronics and, and basically said to him, this is the wave of the future. And when, when Steve Jobs was looking at and learning about electronics, he got hooked on electronics, Steve Jobs started to see things that other people didn't see. And he started to learn and he started to dream about things that other people. And Steve Jobs, at a certain point in his biography, it records that he says to people, listen. We need to create tools for people, human tools that people need, but they don't even know that they need them. Things that people want that they don't even know that they want it. We want to do something so amazing and so incredible that it will actually make a dent in the universe. You see? So, so Steve Jobs saw all of it. And by the way, in his biography, he drove everyone crazy. Because he saw things that other people didn't see. Now, just for a moment, let's tell, well, let me just say this. Let me show you something. So, look, back in the day, there was something called an iPod. How many remember iPods back in the day? (laughs) Yes, go ahead and show your age, right? So, he invented that. And he, look, he impacted seven major industries because of what he could see because what he could perceive and what he started to pursue animated movies and personal computers and phones and even even tablets iPads today Steve Jobs influences here I'm preaching off of an iPad you know this guy because of what he could see it was an incredible thing how he impacted the world you know, they did a study on billionaires, and well, here's what they concluded. The, the main difference between a person who's a billionaire and a person who's not is that billionaires see the world differently, they say. They see things that other people don't see, and they come up with ideas. You know, I was in another state, and um, we were, yeah, I was in another state, and they were, they were saying, you see that big, giant, you know, uber big mansion house over there? The guy who owns that house owns the patent on hinges for kitchen doors. So back in the day, the hinge for a kitchen door was on the outside, but now they got like a, it's a funny thingamajig, and it's on the inside, and, you're, and you can't see the thing. And that dude is living large because he's got the patent on hinges. How many ever look at something and say, well, I wish I would have gotten that idea. Can I Come on, tell the truth. You're like, come on. You know? And, uh, and the worst thing is when you were sort of thinking about it, you know, and then someone becomes a bazillionaire because they saw something that other people didn't see. This is all over the place. I just want to give you a, a, a couple of others. Look, so we, Steve Jobs perceived that electronics could make our lives better, and obviously he pursued it and went after it, and Apple was born. Okay, there's another guy right now, his name is Elon Musk, and he perceived that physical human life was in trouble. He says, I want to solve major problems. He pursued solar energy, battery-operated cars, space travel, resulting in Tesla and SpaceX. And the world is moving towards electric cars now because some guy had a a vision. Listen, Listen to this. Howard Schultz perceived that espresso bars in Italy built community and and guess what was born because of that? Starbucks. Probably a bunch of people went to Starbucks today. <laughs> how did that happen? It's because this guy was in Italy one day and he's looking at how all of these Italian folks are getting together around Espresso. He goes, Man, we gotta bring this right here. In a unique way, we gotta bring this to America. And then Starbucks is born. You know, meanwhile, how many thousands of people went into those coffee shops and had coffee and espresso every day? I've been drinking espresso since I was like two years old. How many Spanish people, they like put coffee in your bottle practically, Could I see your hands? How did I get that idea? But see, they saw something that other people didn't see. And this is an Amazon, you know, and so David perceived God In his everyday life as a young man. Everyone say, everyday life. Just like your life and just like my life, something happened. David, you know, back in the, David didn't have the whole Bible. He only had the first five books of the Bible at that time, as best as we could judge. A couple of others were, were written, but we don't know if they were in circulation. But we know that the law, the Torah... Uh, the first five books of the Bible were. And just by reading that, just by reading about Abraham and Noah and Joseph and different characters in the first five books of the Bible, it's like the kingdom of God opened up to David. And he sought God. And he said, I want to be in that line. And because he pursued God's heart, because he perceived the kingdom, it brought favor and it actually led him to become a king Okay, but not just a king, but a real special kind of king because the throne that Jesus sits on is called the throne of David. And all of this was because David was a guy who saw things that other people didn't see. And so he pursued the Lord and he went after God. And because he went after God, how many know when we pursue God, we become irresistible to him so what I want to do is, is I want to read uh, um, this passage of scripture. And I, I, I want us to get our minds geared. This whole series is about pursuing God. And this whole series is about, is about going after God, receiving the word of God, and going after God because we know that if we'll just go after God, all things are available to us. In fact, this is a core New Testament teaching that I want to put in front of you. Look at what the Bible says in, in the book of Matthew. Matthew 6, 33 says this. Okay, now this is New Testament, but David understood this. It says, but you know what? Let's read this together. Ready? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Seek first. Okay? Seek what? Seek the kingdom. God is saying now, David is the example of it, but now in the New Testament, here it's being said again, just pursue me, just go after God, go after the kingdom of God. If you go after the kingdom of God, all things will be added unto you. All you have to do is be a God seeker. If we just become God seekers, when we prayed this morning, we were talking, I was sharing with the men, and I've been praying for weeks about this. I've been praying for weeks about this. You know, when I was in Africa, and I was just looking at the need there, God, something dawned on me. And um, what dawned on me was that that godliness is a miracle. So God making this brother godly, this sister godly, my sisters godly—it's a miracle. I can't make them godly. You understand? Something has to, there's a transaction that has to be beyond two human beings. I'm human. You're human. Okay? There's has to be, there's a different world that has to open up if we're going to become like God. How many know God has to open up his world and pour some of His, his character down upon us? You see? And God does that when we seek him. And so I was telling with the, with sharing with the men and the sisters that was, we prayed this morning. And we're gonna get to the message. But this is important, guys. And like I said, this is a very spiritual message. This is a very, very important message. I've, I've got like a huge burden on my heart. Because here's what I know, okay? If you learn how to seek God, it's all good. If you don't become a God-seeker, then really doesn't matter anything that happens here. Because the whole point of this is that you and I would be God-seekers. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, how many want to be a God-seeker? Amen. Amen. So look. Even, even before I read the text, I want to pray right now. Put your hand on your heart. Maybe you're a visitor here. I'm so glad that you're here. And you know what? We're going to just believe that God brought you from wherever you came from to remind you that he loves you. And that if you just take the time to seek him, you will find him. So, Lord, we come in the name of Jesus. And we come, Lord, by the power and the promise of your word. You tell us to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And you said all things will be added. And God, I pray that you would open up our eyes and our faith to see all of the things that you add when we just seek you. And I pray that you would make each and every one of us, every man, every woman, every young person, no matter how young or how old, God, would you make us God-seekers, God. Lord, this is the cry of our hearts, even as leaders, God, this is our cry. I pray for the miracle, oh God, of seeking you. I pray that that would spill out onto every heart and life and home here. And so we thank you and we trust you and we praise you for all of these things. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. God, make us God-seekers. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to read this story. The first, like, like explanation, how David comes onto the scene And David comes onto the scene by being anointed king. There was a king before him. His name was Saul. And God chose Saul, but Saul was not a God seeker. And I want you to go home and you can start reading right here in 1 Samuel 16 for the life of David. If you want to go back and read just from 1 Samuel, that will be a great study for you to do but this is right when David comes on the scene up until this point Saul had been king but Saul was not a God seeker okay so here we go it says the Lord said to Samuel how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel fill your horn with oil and be on your way I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You were to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. And when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Now, I'll explain this in just a moment to you. But there was unrest because of what was happening. Okay, let's keep going. It says, Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. And here it is. The Lord does not look at things people look at. The Lord does not look at things that people look at. It's very, very important. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. How many know the Lord is looking at our hearts today? It says, Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons uh, pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep Samuel said, send for him, we will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him, this is the one. And so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David... And Samuel then went to Ramah. So what we see here, brothers and sisters, is how God chooses people based on their heart, not based on their appearance. God chooses people who pursue him. And the title of the message today is David pursued God alone and got his attention. I love this story because here you have here you have Jesse and all of his sons but Jesse forgets to invite his youngest son. Are you kidding me? Right? Samuel, Samuel was like like Samuel was the voice of God to Israel. Okay? This is not just the average guy showing up to your house. He was the voice of God to Israel. Everyone knew Samuel. And Samuel comes and he says, bring your whole family. I want to meet your whole family. And he says, oh, the little guy, don't even worry about him. He was ignored and in a sense, he was rejected. I mean, how many of you have yet someone that important? Last week we had a a pastor here, Dominic Yo." And uh, he's actually a leader over about, uh, uh, he's like the number two or three in, 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 uh, in an organization that's over 700 million Christians. And I was telling my son Tommy, uh, uh, I was saying, Tommy, make sure you pass by the office. Why? Because I wanted him to meet him. Maybe he would pray for him. If my, if my grandsons weren't so little, they're kind of like partners in crime right now. You know, the new one, what he's walking into. Oh, we got to pray. Because <laughs> the oldest two, they're a trip, man. They're just tearing everything up. But if they were bigger, I would have had them come and say, you know, maybe he would put his hands on them and pray for them. Because we're believing for great things for, uh, uh, for our grandchildren. Doesn't that make sense? You see? So David wasn't growing up in an ideal situation. He was rejected. But even though he was rejected and even though all of this stuff was happening over here, how many know all kinds of stuff could be happening over here. But if you're here alone seeking God, you're going to get God's attention when you seek him. How many know all we got to do is pursue him and we'll get his attention. That's what's so beautiful about Christianity is that when you seek him, you find him. You see, he promises that Christianity, the Bible is the only religion that promises if you seek me, you'll find me. It's wonderful and it's powerful. So what we're gonna do now is look at what happens when we really pursue God. What does it do for us? Number one, pursuing God aligns us with kingdom movement. Everyone say kingdom movement. <laughs> now, like I said, we're talking about spiritual things here. So I need you to be thinking. Open your eyes. David said, open my eyes that I might see the wonderful things in your law. So watch this. It says, then the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fear, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. In other words, what God was saying is, look, the kingdom is moving on, okay? The kingdom is moving on. Brothers and sisters, if you're gonna be spiritual and godly, you need to understand that God's kingdom is not a dead static kingdom. God's kingdom is a kingdom on the move. God is on the move on the earth. How many would say amen? God is on the move. God is doing things. You know why we have, K- we have KWA? is because the kingdom of God is on the move. And God wants to move upon the hearts of our little ones. And God wants to raise them up. God is on the move. God moves upon families. God moves upon people who battle with drugs. God moves upon people of all kinds. God, the kingdom of God is on the move. And God wants us to be like David and to perceive that his kingdom is on the move. How do you perceive the movements of the kingdom? There's only one way. You have to seek him. See, because when you seek God, then he starts to align you with what he's doing. It's a mystery. It's only by the mystery of you getting up in the morning or going home tonight and taking a walk and praying and having a, a time where you really seek the face of God. There's a mystery. You seek the face of God. You're here, whatever neighborhood, south side, north side, by the lake, on the lake, in the park, the forest preserve, wherever you are, just seeking God. If you will just start seeking God, God starts to align you with what he's doing. And I'm telling you right now, don't miss what the kingdom of God is doing. How many would say, amen, God, I want to move with your movement, oh God. Don't miss it. Listen, the kingdom of God is moving. Do you perceive it? Can you perceive that God is on the move? Anybody who uh, has ever read the Chronicles of Narnia, the godlike character is a lion, and his name is Aslan, and all throughout this kids' series, they keep saying Aslan is on the move. How many know the line of Judah is on the move? How many will believe me today? And so somebody might say, oh, come on, man, with all of that craziness, fine. But just know this, just know this, when people are stubborn, even though God's mercies are new every morning, his opportunities are not. You see? So I want to encourage you. Don't be stubborn. Okay? When the the truth comes, when the spirit calls, the Bible says, you said in your words, seek me. And the answer was, your face, Lord, I will seek. You know? And so, so he is a rewarder of them that diligently what? Seek him. And if you seek him, okay, if you seek him, then you will get his attention. It's crazy, amazing, beautiful, wonderful, powerful. You can go home tonight. Even before you get home, you could seek God on the bus stop. Isn't it good to know he's as close as the mention of his name? Yes. Hallelujah. You can seek God at Costco, you know. Just be careful because you might let out too loud of a hallelujah. People are going to be like, what's up with that? But you can seek him. And when you seek him, you'll find him. And you'll line up with the kingdom. So very, very important. Number one, when we pursue God, we line up with the kingdom. And, and what we have to understand is all things are possible. The plan of God is so beautiful. The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to bless you. They're not plans to harm you. The Bible says that his will is good, pleasing, and what? Perfect. God has a plan for every person's life. But what do we do? What is our role in experiencing the fulfillment of that plan? It's simple. Only one thing. Seek him. Seek him. Now, the second thing that, so, so when you seek him, you line up with the movement of the kingdom of God. All that we would recognize that God is moving and we want to be part of it. Number two, number two, pursuing God aligns us with, a, with what I'm going to call is kingdom favor. Everyone say kingdom favor. Kingdom See, there's man's favor and then there's kingdom favor. See? A lot of people they they they're living for man's favor. Okay? they look li- they they need the right if you if you live for man's favor, then you need the right network, you need the right connection. You know, you need you need influential people in high places. You know, when you live when you live for man's favor, your appearance and, and uh, your resume, everything is like so vitally important. But look at what the Bible says. It says the Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. There's a different kind of favor that is available to us. You see? So many of us, we're so focused on the network and on the this and on the that when the most important thing in life and the best thing in life is the favor of God. There's nothing like the favor of God. Here's what favor means, brothers and sisters. Favor means that God will push you forward when no one else will. Favor means that God, when you seek him and you get his attention, even though there are all of these people in power, all of these people in authority, God will step in at a certain point and say, everybody step aside. This is the man. This is the woman. I've chosen them. And let me tell you, when God puts his favor on your life, no one can stop the blessing and power of God on your life. See, when the favor of God is on you, then that's it. There comes a moment where God says, now I'm going to bless you. And when I bless you, no one can stop the blessing. How many know, the Bible says this, it says a righteous man falls six times but gets up seven. You know why? You can't keep a, a godly man or a godly woman down. How do know, Jesus keeps us getting up over and over and over again, and he keeps blessing us. And so there's a favor that comes, if they could send one of the musicians. There's a favor that comes, and, and there's something like, like powerful that happens. Because here's, here's the truth. A heart that goes after God in private will experience his favor in public. You see? You go after God in private. The Bible says that God rewards openly what is done in secret. This is all over the Bible. This is all over the Bible. This young man right here, all he has to do is seek God. All right, what's your name, bro? So this is Brian. How old are you? Brian is 22 years old. I don't know him. Right? But God formed you, Brian in your mother's womb. Listen to this. The Bible says, even before you were like a twinkle, even a thought, when your mother was eight years old, God already knew that he was going to put you inside her one day. You see? God sees things that you can't see, I can't see. And that applies to every single person in this room. Even if you're a visitor from out of town. See, when our eyes open, we start to understand things about God's kingdom that the average person doesn't. And here's what it is. If you will just set your face to seek him in private, even though he created all the stars, even though he created this vast universe... Even though there's 7 billion people on this planet. As soon as a heart goes up to God. The Bible says he's as close as the mention of his name. I can't even get my head around. How we could be someplace. And we just start seeking him. Africa. Wherever. Asia. Whatever continent. You just start seeking God. And, and, and it's like the Lord's ear just. Brian. Brian. You see? And you put your name there. Just put your name there. Just put your name there. Stop listening to all the lies. Remember, David's father rejected him, at least on that day he did. When you read on, David's brothers rejected him and they put him down. On on other occasions, you'll see when you read, David's life wasn't all that easy, but it didn't matter, you know why? Because he sought God. And when we see God, how many know his favor comes and rests upon our life? Could we praise God? Could we bless him? It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. And I've just been praying, Lord, help us. Help us just to learn how to seek you. can I just say one quick thing about this. So I just imagine David seeking God, saying, God, I just want to please you, Lord. How do you seek God? Go home. Go sit. Go sit at a park bench. You know, sit in your kitchen. Go sit in your bedroom. Wherever. doesn't matter. Just sit in your car. Just say, Lord, I want to please you with my life. You created me. I want to please you. I want to please you, Lord. God is attracted to that prayer. Just say, God, I want my life to make you happy. I say, God, I don't want to do my will, I want to do your will. That's it. God, I believe that your plan for my life is better than my plan. How many believe that here today? You know, the Bible says that he he leaves gifts even for the rebellious. The mystery of God is just, the love of God is so off the charts. So off the chart crazy to me. Because no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, if you say, Lord, I just want Al Toledo out of the way. Not my glory your glory. God, use my life for your glory. Guess what happens? He doesn't pull up the record. He starts to pour down favor. And here's the last thing that happens. When that favor begins to pour out upon your life, here's what happens. See, when we pursue God, pursuing God aligns us not just with kingdom resource, uh, kingdom movement, and not just with kingdom favor, but actually kingdom resources. Everyone say kingdom resources. So it says, so Samuel took the horn of oil, which represented, oil in the Bible represents the Holy Spirit. Okay. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. Which you realize, remember this: little guy, least influence, least everything. But now God steps in, and how many know his brothers can't say anything? You see, in the, in in front of everybody, he says, "Now I'm gonna I'm gonna show my favor." And look at what it says. He anoints him in the presence of his brothers. And it says, and from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. Now it's no longer David's strength. Now it's the power of the spirit of the living God. You see, that's where we need to get to. We need to get to the place where our life is not about our strength. But our life is about his strength. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. There comes a point where God says, oh, you've opened up your heart to me like that. You're saying, I open my mouth so that you can fill it. You're ready to receive what I really want to do inside of you. And let me tell you something. Whenever we open up our heart to God, he will open up heaven and he will pour down his spirit in power, power, power upon his people. And power will change everything. Power will change us. The miracle of godliness will take place. God will do for us what we could never do for ourselves. You see, listen, so here's what David had those who God favors will receive his resources. And David, he had the promise of God, he had the word of the Lord. He said, This is the one I've chosen, this is the one I'm going to use. And Samuel gave him the word and say, you're the king now, okay? You're the one, and then, He puts the oil on him, which symbolizes the Holy Spirit. And he says, not only do you have the promise of God, but now you also have the power of God. Brothers and sisters, what you and I need is the word of the Lord for our lives. How many know there's nothing like the word of the Lord that says, this is what I have for you. This is what I want to do. And as we get the word of the Lord, we're also going to get the oil of the Lord. He's going to pour out his spirit and power. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many believe that Jesus still pours out the oil from heaven? How many would? We we want a fresh outpouring of your oil upon our lives, upon our church, our family, our children. Now as we go to close, I want to, there's a very, very important point of clarification here. See, we had a guy here last week. Right, Pastor, as I mentioned, Pastor Dominic Yo, an amazing man, absolutely amazing. Spent two days with him. I, I, I just could have taken notes. I, he was like a machine of wisdom was pouring out, and then he would say things like, "You know, I don't really know all that much, but I, you know, this is just the stuff I learned." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know," so, so. I want to show you something that's on his website. His church is about 8,000 people. Like I told you, he's like the secretary of this big thing, 700 million people. This is right on his, on his website. Okay. It says, Reverend Dominic Yo did not look any bit a leader or a pastor when he first came to Trinity. But God transformed his life radically and saved him despite him backsliding over and over again. How would you like that on your, like, bio? That's really on his website. I was like, oh, snap, these people are no jokes. I might have, like, put that one to the side. But this is a true story. He didn't even graduate high school. Okay? This, this man is, is not only influencing all sorts of major kind of movements, denominations in the world. But he's done unique deals. The last, they did a, I don't know, I think it was a $70 million deal that they already paid off. This guy without a high school education, you see. And in fact, here's the way the story goes. He would come to church. And this is, I got so stirred up about this last service. That's when I started spitting. So I'm just trying to stay calm right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, watch out up front. I'm telling you. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna just speak from back here. <laughs> so I don't think I can. All right. All right. Enough. Good thing my wife is not in here. She would be having a fit right now. <laughs> so. He used to come to church, leave the church, backslide, party, mess around. Um, And come to church Hear the word Be moved See a lot of people They can break in a meeting But their life is not truly broken Okay A lot of people can be moved in a service But they don't surrender So that God could really change them See but God keeps waiting His mercies are new every morning Let me tell you something God will never give up on you So here's the thing. So he was such a party. He would come to church, you know, leave. Come to church, go do his thing. Come to church. And and just so that you know, we just want you to keep coming. If you're a backslider right now, just keep on coming. One day you're going to stop backsliding because God's going to get a hold of your life. I'm going to say amen. That's just for those flies on the wall. Nobody's sitting in the seats, right? So... So he was a party guy, I'm almost done, last point. He was a party guy and one of his friends had a party and his friend forgot to invite him. It's not that he left him out, he just forgot. So he was so hurt by the fact that his friend forgot to invite him. And, uh, and then somebody came along and invited him to church, this, this thing, and he was like, okay, I'm going to go to church. And he went and that day he had a meeting with God, and that's when he said, it says eventually, he surrendered himself to God and basically said, not my will, but yours be done. And that guy, no high school degree, diploma, you know, who knows what kind of background. That guy, he's a fountain of wisdom. He's so generous and all of these things. And you know why? Because God is attracted to a heart that seeks him. You see? If you seek God today, if you, if you seek God right now, if you, if you leave here, and if you just go seek God, there's nothing more beautiful, there's nothing more wonderful. Than getting on your face. You can be in trouble and you can get on your face and see God and he's going to be right there. And when we keep seeking him, amazing things. He said, I found a man after my own heart. You realize that the, the king that he rejected, his name was Saul. If you look at the course of Saul's life and you look at the course of David's life David didn't have a perfect life actually if we were from human standards if we were to put you know on the board whose sins were quote bigger, sin is sin but from a human perspective David had Saul you know outmatched by a long way but the difference was is that David was a God seeker how many As long as we seek him he can forgive us and cleanse us and give us a new knife So listen, I heard a new song when I was in uh, Zambia and I thought it was perfect for today and I've been kind of seeking God this way myself and um, we're not going to be much longer but could you just close your eyes? All you got to do is pursue God. Forget about the networks, forget about the Forget about the politics. Forget about all of the human help. Let's talk about divine help today. Let's talk about the spiritual kingdom. Let's let's talk about spiritual things now versus earthly things. Things that really count versus things that don't count. Seek ye first the kingdom of God as righteousness and all things will be added. He'll give you the blessings of the spirit and he'll also give you blessings from the earth. That's the kind of God he is. Hallelujah.
1: It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know there's more that's found in you. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know there's more found in you. Come on, lift your hands to him, everyone. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know there's more that's found in you. Come on, don't be insecure. Don't think about your past. God, God will respond if you, you just reach to him. Forget about culture. closed,
0: when you go now, when you go to the park, when you go for that walk, when you shut the door in your room, you're not going to have a whole band behind you. But we don't need the band. What we need is to seek him. God is attracted to your heart and your voice. Come on, let's sing to him. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know there's more
1: that's found in you. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know. There's
0: more that's found in you. Put your hand on your heart and sing.
1: It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. Sing it to him. We know there's more that's found in you. It's in you. more that's found in you and we'll never settle for less declare it and we will never
0: put our hands on our heart. because Lord man looks at the outward appearance, but you look at the heart, O oh God. And we give you our hearts today. Young men, Lord, young women, Lord, of all ages, no matter how long we've been in the kingdom, Lord, beginning with every leader, every pastor, every musician, every singer, every usher, every person on the soundboard, Lord, we give you our hearts. God, we want to seek you. We want our hearts to please you. Give us hearts that go after you, God, first above all, all else. Make us pursuers, oh God. Help us to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. Help us, Lord. We want your favor. We want your blessing. We want to bring you pleasure, oh God. Look down from heaven, Lord. Millions of people in this city, but right here in this building. Our hearts reach to you, God. You know the mess You know the
1: past, you know the mistakes, but Lord, you can clean all of that up, oh God. None of that is too hard for you, God.
0: Your mercies are new every morning, God. You still have a plan. And so have your way, oh God. Have your way, Lord. Let your plan unfold. Let your favor come down. Let your spirit descend in power, O oh God. We surrender, God. Blessed be your name. Come on, as we close, take the hand of someone next to you. I want you to pray left to right. God, make them a God seeker. All of us, make us God seekers. Help us, God. Let us be God-seekers. Break every fear, break every lie that would stop us from seeking God once we leave this place. Remove every hindrance and every obstacle, O God. We come against every lie,
1: O God. God, make us God-seekers today, Lord Jesus. Remove the fear, remove excuses, remove the doubt. Whatever stands in the way, God, make us God-seekers. God, we want to seek you because when we seek you, we'll find you. And when we find you, your favor, your blessing, your
0: power will rest upon us. So we pray for supernatural fulfillment and favor on every life that we, that we are, are believing you for right here in this building every man, every woman, supernatural favor and fulfillment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in us and thank you for what you're going to do through us and for what you're going to do for us. God, may it bring you pleasure, may it fulfill your plan and may it bring you great glory. We'll give you all the glory and all the honor and all the credit and all the praise for all you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's give God a strong hand clap offering. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be your name, oh God. Amen, amen. Greet one another before you go. God bless you. We
1: hope to see you on Tuesday. Come on, go be a God seeker this week. God bless you, everyone.